Happy Valentine's Day. Glad to see everybody that, you know, braved the snow and all that kind of stuff. Hope you got something good planned for the honeys today and the little honeys running around the house. I get double dipped this time of year every year because Angie's birthday is the 13th, which of course was yesterday, and then today's Valentine's Day, and then I all show up. So it's, it's a big festivity at our house, and I love it. I love Valentine's Day, and I love you all. So here's what I've done for you this morning. I've put together some one-liners for you youngsters to uh, use to make that connection with, you know, that special someone in your life. And some of you older ones, you know, you can feel free to use these on each other to kind of spice things up. Are you ready? Here you <laughs> Even if there wasn't any gravity on earth, I'd still fall for you. Isn't that good? Okay, I'm no photographer, but gee whiz, I can sure picture us together. Did it hurt? I mean, when you fell from heaven. You must work at Starbucks because I like you a latte. My feet are getting cold because you knocked my socks off. And here's for you techies. Is your name Wi-Fi? Because I sure am feeling a connection. <laughs> I use this one on Angie. Do you believe in love at first sight or should I walk by you again? <laughs> Is there an airport nearby? Is that my heart taking off? You must be a broom because you just swept me off my feet. I like this one. Is your nickname Chapstick? Because you're the bomb. <laughs> four plus four equals eight, but you plus me equals fate. One more, and this one's my favorite. Is your name Duncan? Because I do not want to do another day without you. Listen, this is a day of love, and we've been talking about how to love each other in Christ several weeks now, and it's good for us to learn this because we're living in an age right now where that's not the way things are going. We're drifting in the other direction, and it's good to learn this. Wayne Smith once said, I know God says we can't hate anybody, but if he ever changes that rule, I got my guy picked out. So, you know, it's tough sometimes to love, but I'm telling you, love is awesome, Love is hard, and love can be devastating. It can be devastating. This is a tough holiday on a lot of people. Some right here in this church today. Because some people are feeling alone, and some people are alone. Listen, feeling alone's bad enough. Angie and I got to go to Fort Myers for our ninth anniversary, and we went for four days. It was the longest we'd ever been away from the kids, and we were really looking forward to it, if you know what I mean. Anyway, we got to the airport, and I said... I wish we'd have brought the refrigerator, and Angie looked down at her luggage, and she, you should see how they packed for four days, her and her daughter both. And she said, oh, I did kind of overdo it. And I said, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I wish we'd have brought our refrigerator. She said, why? I said, because our tickets are on top of it. I felt alone that day, you know what I mean? Sometimes we feel alone, but I'm telling you, family, sometimes we are alone. There's a people alone right now today. You got a young soldier overseas in the Middle East right now. He's all alone. He got some guy, an inmate at Putnamville, Indiana, all alone. Uh, you got a, a recently divorced man in a sparsely uh, furnished apartment all by himself. Somebody just put in the ground their lifelong companion. We got um, a young couple who trying to get over the loss of a, of, of a child, a single career-minded person who just got moved to a new city, doesn't know anybody. They're all alone. Or, or a very successful executive. He's got a lot of money and a lot of stuff, but no time for friendships or relationships, all alone. 
a stroke victim in a nursing home, a missionary trying to take Christ to a foreign country, somebody in a marriage just heard their spouse say, you know what, I don't love you anymore. There are people all over the place today, right now, all alone, and they don't just feel alone, they are alone, and we need to look them up. If you know somebody like that, you need to contact them today. Tell them that you love them and that Christ loves them. I read last week, 35.7% of Americans live alone. That's a lot of people. Uh, 31 million Americans are single. And I don't mean they're not married. I mean single. No significant others a day at all. This is a lonely day for them. A recent survey showed that 60% of people polled said that they feel lonely most of the time. 60%. 78% said they don't feel lonesome all the time. But they have periods of feeling all alone. Only 6% said that they're not lonely. You can feel all alone in a crowded mall, at an office party, in church with several hundred people. Because you feel alone when you think nobody cares, nobody knows, nobody's watching, nobody knows what's going on in here. Well, the Valentine's gift that we get from our Father in Heaven is this. Ain't nobody in here alone, ever. We have a Father in Heaven who's watching us constantly. He's with us constantly. He's caring for us constantly. And that's crazy amazing. Psalm 121 verse 5 says, The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Psalm 145 verse 20 says, The the Lord watches over all who love Him. And I love this one. Psalm 33, 14. From His dwelling place, God watches over all who are on the earth. Not just Christians. Not just people who believe in Him. He watches over all who are on the earth. So if you find yourself in a dark, lonely place today, or if you feel like you're in a dark, lonely place because we're in a dark, lonely world right now, the good news is this, you're not alone, ever. God's watching. He's with us. Now, I'm going to show a video this morning that's 11 minutes long. And so part of my Valentine's gift is I'm only going to talk about eight more minutes. Amen? Easy. So um, when the video's over, I'm not coming back up. We're going to go straight to this table and love on the one who loves us. This video reminds us that God's watching us constantly. He's got everything planned out in your life. He's got the United States all worked out. Nothing surprised him. And and he's got it. And we're going to watch this and then go right into communion. Before we do, I want to remind us of three quick things that we need to hold on to as this world gets darker and darker around us. Here's the first one. God's watching over you. He's watching you. And he's going to continue to watch you until the light comes on. Listen to Psalm 121, verse 8. The Lord will watch over you coming and going now and forevermore. He's going to watch you now and forevermore. I was seven years old, and I just sat down with my sisters in one week and watched three half-hour primetime shows called The Wolfman, The Mummy, and Frankenstein. Three monsters of that magnitude in one week. I was a nervous wreck, quite frankly. I was uh, surprised to still be alive. And I had a huge problem. The problem was I was standing in front of my mom and dad's bedroom window at 10 o'clock at night, locked out of the house again. I say again because I told you all years ago that happened to me one time on the way home from vacation. It happened again. This wasn't the first time. It wasn't the last time. And my dad was telling me there was only one possible solution. Somebody had to crawl through the window, walk through that monster-infested dark house, and unlock the front door. And that someone was me. 
And I tried to explain to him that it was dark, there were monsters in there. I tried to explain to him that you're supposed to sacrifice your firstborn female, not your firstborn male. I mean, I was what's going to carry on the line. Uh, it was the girl. I always tried to take care of my sisters. And, and he wasn't listening to me. He was going on and on about how this was a man's job, and he was too big to get through the window, and I was perfect for the job, and he was proud of me, blah, blah, blah. But I wouldn't listen to him either. I was trying to figure out how much allowance it was going to take to spring for one night in a hotel so I could do this in the broad daylight. And in the background, we're bannering. Dad said, son, it'll only take you five seconds. Right there's the light switch. You can flip the light on in my bedroom. And I'm trying to figure out how much damage the wolfman can do to a guy in five seconds. And a dad says, he turns on the flashlight, and he said, I'm going to watch you all the way to that light switch. You can do this. I said, you watch me all the way? I'll watch you all the way. So you know what I did? I did it. Because you'll meet him one day when my daddy said it, he meant it. So I went. Now, here I am almost 57 years later. I'm still not real crazy about the dark. And I'm still being chased by monsters, only they're real. Because our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the rulers and the principalities of this dark world. And I still find myself crying out to God on a regular basis, are you watching what's going on? Are you seeing this mess? Are you watching my family? And according to Psalm 121, verse 8, the answer is yes. We can count on him. He's watching us. He'll watch us till the light comes on. Number two, our Father in heaven will stay right with us until the light comes on. This is huge. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. The Lord has said, never will I forsake you, never ever will I leave you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I'll not be afraid. What can man do to me? Listen, when you're terrified, it's a whole lot easier to go through it with somebody else. As a freshman in high school, Ken Mitchell and I were at Yellowwood State Forest fishing in the north end of the lake at 2 o'clock in the morning. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to the north end of the lake at Yellowwood State Forest, but it's about five acres. It's an open spot. It averages about 10 feet deep, and it's full of weeds, not just moss, weeds, those real stringy weeds. And the idea is you, you sit upon the weeds and throw a jitterbug in open water, flip it across the water, and they just blow it apart. Well, it's a perfect night, no moon, and we're sitting in a weed bed in our 10-foot John boat, and this has only happened once. We both had a hit at the same time. We both missed at the same time, and we rolled that boat right over Dropped all of our gear, battery, everything to the bottom. And I was stuck in this weed bed at 2 in the morning, pitch black. I mean, I couldn't see anything. I was petrified. And I knew the bank was about 100 yards that way. And it took us about 25 minutes to get there. We survived. Here I am, you know what I mean? But I've thought so many times, how many times I have gone jitterbugging alone. How terrifying that would have been to be by myself. Wouldn't you hate to go through the mess we're in right now alone? You, you know, we're, we're in a mess in this country. This is why we're talking so much about loving each other. People hate each other today. I, I was talking to two solid, good Christian friends last week. They're at odds politically. Are you kidding me? They hate each other over politics. We got a pandemic mess. We got a financial mess. Who, who knows what's going on in the world around this mess? Wouldn't you hate to go through that alone? You never, ever have to. He'll never, ever forsake you. He's going to be with us until the light comes on. Crazy stuff. And this last one, this is off the charts. This is mind-blowing. The Lord will be the light within us 
until the light comes on. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 and, or 4, 6 reads, For the God who said, let light shine out of darkness. The same God who said, let there be light, and out of nowhere there was light. The God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. He has made his light shine in our hearts. Never mind we're the light of the world. That's crazy enough. The light of Jesus Christ is shining inside of us, and it will stay lit until he comes to get us. Some of you in here have amazing prayer lives. I've talked to you about it. All of you in here have a prayer life. And I'm telling you, um, my favorite thing that happens to me during my prayer time doesn't happen very often, but when it happens, that's when things are quiet. Maybe she's not up yet. Maybe nobody's in the office yet. It's just me and the Lord, and we're together. And every now and then I'll say to him, can I have a hug? Have you ever done that? And sometimes, some of you know what I'm talking about. The presence of God comes upon you in such a way that, I mean, there's been times where I've had to say, that's enough. (laughs) That's enough. 63 years old on this planet, I've experienced a lot of neat things. I've seen a lot of neat things. But I'm telling you, absolutely nothing even comes close to the presence of God. And I'm reminding us today, that it's always there. Whether you feel it or not, God is constantly watching over us. He's constantly with us. His light is shining inside of us, and he's got this all figured out. 